So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Barbecue Central Show, the show where we talk about all things that are important in the world of barbecue. From big-name interviews with competitors on the barbecue circuit, grill manufacturers and pit makers, to advice on cooking brisket and ribs, you'll find it all right here on the Barbecue Central Show. Your host, Greg Rempe, is a backyard barbecue and grilling fanatic and loves to talk about his passion, which many of us share together. You can learn more about barbecue and grilling by visiting the website, thebbqcentral.com. Now, let's get in the smoke. Here's your program host, Greg Rempe. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition and late Barbecue Central really big barbecue show. Broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland. I apologize for the late entrepreneur. Got to add five lines. It's a business first, ladies and gentlemen. It's a business first. Apologize. I don't even have my wits about me coming in cold. Had to do a fresh system reboot. And it has been uh, more or less a nightmare uh, just for the last few minutes. So uh, glad you've decided to hang with me here, gang. And we have a great show lined up for you, as always. Actually looking for uh, my guy Heath Hall right now. And he's supposed to be joining us here. Don't usually have a first segment interview, but figured that he would be a good guy to get for some said reasons. Perhaps you've been following me on the Twitter or you have been, uh, uh-oh, and this is a reason uh, why we're not uh, talking to him right now. That's all right. It'll be rectified here in just a second. We'll be waiting for uh, Heath Hall. Also, we have Jeff Stith coming up here next segment to talk about something that we don't normally get to talk about when it comes to the world of this show, I guess, the world of this show. Uh, That's the fact that in large part, large fashion, a lot of things that happen in the world of barbecue and grilling are done with charity in mind. Jeff Stith, uh, certainly no better example of this than what took place last week. Of course, everybody is well aware of what went down in Joplin, Missouri, with uh, the terrible tornadoes, uh, extreme, extreme destruction that took place, loss of life and so forth. And he's going to come on and talk about kind of you know what they were able to spearhead and go down and do and kind of a true form of what the barbecue and grilling community is all about. Lots of meals served, lots of people getting behind a great cause in, the, in you know helping people in need. And I want to make sure that Jeff has uh, certainly enough time to get out what message that he wants to send, recount exactly what went down. And uh, we'll look forward to that coming up in about 10 minutes from now. That's Jeff Stith, uh, Big Bear Barbecue, if I'm saying that right. Uh, my sheet is gone, of course, so I don't have that. Uh, but Big Bear Barbecue, I believe he's the pit master of them, uh, of that team, and they do very well. Let me turn that down because I'm listening to myself. Got to pop out the chat, uh, holler out to Kevin Bevington on BBQ.com. What's up, buddy? Looking at you. We are doing the whole simulcasting on OutdoorCookingChannel.com. So if you haven't stopped by, got to stop by and see what's happening over there. Big stuff, live shows. And there's going to be some... There's going to be some new uh, new stuff happening as well. Apologize if I'm sounding out of sorts here. I'm trying to chase down my man uh, Heath from Pork Barrel Barbecue. 
And he says he's on, but I don't see you, buddy. I don't see you. Go on. Call in, buddy. Call in. Uh, here we go. Area code 203. Is this uh, Heath? Yes, Heath. Heath on Port Merrill Barbecue. What's up, buddy? Hey, not much, buddy. What's going on? Uh, not too much, Heath. I'm glad you've made time for the show tonight. And I just found out, I was I, literally, I was going to bed last night and saw an email from you, uh, kind of one of those uh, newsletters like I put out each and every week, keeping you abreast of what's happening in the world of pork barrel barbecue, like I keep people abreast of what's happening on BCRN. Big announcement. <clears throat> Big announcement. So allow me to roll the drum roll. Coming from Heath Hall Pork Barrel Barbecue. Heath, give us a big announcement that just happened. Well, we were uh, pleased to announce the world's first barbecue fragrance. Fragrance! Q! I mean, could it be a better suited name for this type of item? I don't think so. I think we were looking for something that kind of had a fragrancy sound, a little French sounding, and Q, I think, uh, nailed it. And it also, of course, nails the barbecue angle. All right. So uh, for people that are immediately skeptical here, Heath, this is this is the real deal. I mean, I actually put in a order today, and I'm waiting for it. This isn't something where I've just given you $25 and you're going to go make off like a bandit, right? It is not. You are actually, congratulations, were the very first person in the history of the world, as far as I know, to purchase a bottle of barbecue fragrance cologne. Yeah! First, I've never been first at anything except hosting an incredibly popular internet radio show. Yes, well, I mean, we uh, we will send you a gold star, uh, but your shipment is in the mail, so look for it uh, over the next couple days. All right, this so weekend's going to be good for you, is all I can say. This this has to be something that the, the people amongst the barbecue purists have been uh, clamoring for. How long has this been in the works? Uh, we came uh, to the conclusion that the world needed something like this back in January, so we've been working on it about six months. What, and how does one go about putting together a fragrance, let alone this is something that you're obviously bringing to uh, the barbecue and grilling community, but how does one go about getting a fragrance down? How are you able to pick out you know, olfactory senses to tickle the ta- uh, not taste buds, but tickle the senses? Well, yeah, the first thing we started with is that, you know, just a, a vision of a barbecue in the backyard, and you got people pulling into your driveway, you're smoking or grilling, and the first thing that you hear from them is, man, that smells good. And what are those first scents? Smoke, meat, probably some sweetness from maybe the sugars and the, the rubs and the sauces cooking. Right. And so we went and found a couple of, uh, of scent um, factories out there, some perfumiers, and uh, talked to them, and we... Got a couple of samples back that were, let's just say, not so good. And uh, then we uh, finally found uh, a company that nailed it, we think. So you're going to smell at front of the smell a nice smoky flavor, and it's going to have some back notes of some spice and some sweetness. Or uh, I'll just read to you uh, what it says on the back. Please. It nails it down pretty good. An intoxicating bouquet of spices, smoke, meat, and sweet summer sweat. Sweet. Summer sweat, obviously uh, something that sounds fantastic. Uh, 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 who who is helping you bottle this? Uh, currently, uh, you're talking to one of the bottlers. We um, oh. actually were shipped all of the the fragrance from our fragrance company, uh, shipped bottles from the bottle company, and 
we um, we're bottling it. So we're uh, doing it, doing just about everything except uh, standing in the uh, the uh, facility making the cologne. And this is something that you have, I'm guessing, zero experience doing. Well, you know, I mean, I spent six years studying filling bottles, um, but beyond that, that's about all I've got. Yeah, this is a this is definitely <laughs> that's a barbecue sauce from us. We do have a lot of, of, of experience filling barbecue bottles, but no, you know, this is something that what we really wanted was an, a, some kind of a product that no one else had that would just stand out, and the world would say, "Really? Is that true? Is that real?" Which is, I believe, your email was, yes. "Is this real?" That's right, um, and. It is real, and uh, you know we uh, wanted to have something that was unique, so we could draw people in, and uh, really then you know hopefully get them into uh, the world of pork barrel barbecue uh, sauces and rubs, and uh, get to really uh, um, smell and taste and, and feel uh, the real barbecue products that we uh, we bring. Heath Hall joining us here from the show. PorkBarrelBBQ.com is his website. He's been on the show a number of times, just releasing a new fragrance for the barbecue and grilling world, and I'm sure to be consumed by the masses across the land, and it's called Aptly Q. Is there a particular website that they can go to, Heath, to pick up a bottle or 10? Yeah, uh, there's a couple things that uh, I'd love for folks to do. One, check out our, the, the website, which is www.PorkBarrelBBQ.com backslash Q, that's Q-U-E, and when you go there, we've uh, filmed three commercials. Uh, these commercials are spoofs off of uh, several really popular fragrance commercials from the past and one off of a uh, Match.com commercial. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a little voting going on, see which uh, one people think is, is their favorite, and uh, if we sell 50 million bottles, then we're going to buy a spot on the Super Bowl and put that ad up. So help us sell 50 million bottles. Pick your favorite, and you'll see it on the Super Bowl um, Super Bowl coming up in January. Over under Heath, uh, over under for selling fifty million bottles of Q. Well, we've got you know I've had to hire security. We've got Ralph Lauren and Calvin Klein and Armani uh, chasing us down everywhere for this top secret formula. Of course, so, of course. You know it's it, and Macy's and Nordstrom's and all these department stores are just clamoring for a, a few hundred thousand bottles. So. Yeah, I'd say over under probably one percent. One percent sounds great. Sounds like this could actually happen. Do you have some uh, some big time interest? Are you using your uh, Shark Tank contacts to help you get this through? Uh, this is all Brett and I uh, and our our crazy and maybe deprived minds that put this together. Uh, we certainly are. Are working with Barbara uh, Corcoran from Shark Tank on the, uh, some of the potential marketing uh, sides. We had a, a couple interesting phone calls today from some of the uh, larger uh, potential TV shows that are interested in doing some of the uh, something with this, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll have some announcements. Wow, excellent. All right, this is Heath Hall again and just announcing that Q is now on the market. If you are a barbecue guy and you've always wanted to have that scent hang around you, even during a day job, if you have one, I know I do. I know uh, Heath has something that he wants to smell like all the time and track the ladies and perhaps if uh, you're so inclined, the gentleman as well. You know, what's that, what's that smell? What's that odor? What's that just succulent smell coming off of you? Well, it's Q, ladies and gentlemen, and it's brought to you by the guys at Pork Barrel BBQ. Uh, Heath, one more time with the, uh, with the web address. The web address is www.porkbarrelbbq.com. 
facebook.com backslash Q. And you can also follow all the uh, the interesting chatter on Twitter at uh, Q, Q-U-E, Cologne. So Q-U-E-C-O-L-G-O-N-E. And uh, there's actually been some pretty funny, some pretty funny stories already written. Uh, one today on uh, the five fragrances that will make you gag, and we are pl- proud to be one of those five uh, oh, already on day one. <laughs> so uh, there's some pretty funny stories coming out uh, all over the country, and I think uh, as the, the week and weeks progress, uh, we'll see some more of those funny things out there. But the bottom line, Heath, this is something that I could wear to work and I can smell, uh, I'm not going to gross anybody out. You can wear this to work. It is uh, It is maybe not uh, one of the top uh, two or three choices that you would choose to wear to work, uh, but it probably is uh, the number one choice as far as if you want people to... Uh, to come to you and to ask you if you've just opened up your smoker <laughs> and if you brought meat into work. All right. Well, I'm certain. It's not a little smoky. Certainly looking forward to uh, putting that on my person and seeing how well it works. Again, Heath Hall joining us here on the show, uh, always bringing something new and exciting to the world of barbecue and grilling. This one does not disappoint as well. It's Q, everybody. Heath, I appreciate the time tonight. You bet. Let, let us know what you think when you get it. Sure will. All right, buddy. Take care. It's Heath Hall. Easy. Q. I mean, what do you think, guys? Are you, uh, you guys in? You're going to be buying some Q. I know uh, I'm going to be getting some uh, as well. Going to be trying on and seeing what it's all about. I've often wondered, how come there isn't a barbecue cologne? And the commercials are funny, Don. You're right. Uh, gang, quick reminder here before we dash over and pick up Jeff Stiff of Big Bear Barbecue. Or I'm sorry, Big Creek Barbecue. I don't want to say Big Bear, but that could be something. Uh, one of the great sponsors of this show is Stephen DeFranco Jeweler, and he's located right here in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, more specifically, an eastern suburb of Willoughby, and that's historic downtown Willoughby, by the way. But he's in the business district. But nevertheless, right off of Route 90, so if you're traveling uh, to and fro, definitely want to stop by and see my good my good man, my, my good man. Stephen DeFranco, and right now, folks, they're offering a Father's Day, that's June 19th, a Father's Day special on Bulova Accutron watches. Have He wants any of you barbecue brothers to call in for 30% off, 30% off, by the way, any Bulova Accutron watch, and he will go ahead and give you an extra $50 off if they say that you are one of my or one of Steve's barbecue brothers. And on top of all of that, you get free shipping. You get a free gift wrap because, uh, you know, sometimes it's difficult to do all of your tasks at once. And wrapping gifts takes quite a bit of time. I have purchased a number of items from Stephen DeFranco Jewelers here over the last year. And so they do a wonderful job, not only with customer service. And especially a lot of you guys aren't going to have access to driving out to Stephen DeFranco's and uh, dealing with him personally like I do, but I'm a superstar and you're not. Uh, dealing with him and his staff on the phone, ask for Steve if you don't feel comfortable talking to anybody else and you're going to take advantage of this 30% off the Bolova Accutron watches. Uh, you can also find him on the website, which is the Stephen DeFranco Jewelers banner. Click on that and uh, peruse the Accutron watches, the Bolova Accutrons. Pick out the one you like and know that you can take 30% right off the top and an additional $50 if you just mention me or you mention Steve and say Barbecue Brother. Same deal applies for all females as well. If you see a watch you like, ladies, 
He'll take 30% off any Bulova Accutron watch that you like as well. And again, it's free shipping, free gift wrapping, free batteries for life. Also, how about this? Free engraving, free watch polishing. Oh, you're damn right. You're going to get all of that. Service, service to the stars. All right, we're going to step away really quick, and when we come back, we will have Jeff Stith from Big Creek Barbecue talking about Joplin. Stand by. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Just like that, we're back. Didn't have time in the open to tell you about the revamp of the show spots, but what can I tell you? Things happen. Things happen. Thanks again to Heath Hall for coming on and talking about Q. (laughs) The first barbecue fragrance ever in the face of the earth. I was the first one to get it, so get a gold star, he said. I'll have you know that. All right, let's go ahead and race over to the phones, pick up friend of the show. Pitmaster of Big Creek Barbecue, Jeff Stiff. Jeff, how are you, buddy? Jeff. Jeff. Jeff, you there? Hello. All right. All right, sir. All right, let's see. Where did that go? Pull up this thing. This is very bad on my part. I, I completely apologize for the blunder. Let's go to the 816. See how we do here. We're calling in the Jeff Sith, by the way, if you didn't know what was going on. Thanks for everybody uh, hanging through here. Uh, Pork Barrel Barbecue now in the chat room pimping it out, as it were. Hello? Jeff? Yes? Greg from Barbecue Central Radio Show. You're live, buddy. Oh, Greg. A couple minutes late, I apologize. Had a day job and uh, couldn't get away from it today. I apologize. Uh, I hear you. I barely got home from my day job. I hear you. Uh, first and foremost, uh, and this certainly pales into comparison to what we're about to talk about, uh, did you know that Pork Barrel Barbecue has released the very first fragrance that has to do with barbecue and grilling called Q? What are your thoughts and will you buy it? You know, um my wife is already begging for it, so really, I mean, after yeah, she she heard it and uh, she wants a bottle, so sure, I'll buy it. <laughs> I don't, for you to wear, right, or is it going to be for her or for both? Um, you know, I just can't get enough of the smell of barbecue, so probably both. That's right, you're damn right. You need to smell like a twenty four seven, especially when you're pitmaster of one of the top teams out there in the KCBS circuit. That's my guest, Jeff Stith from Big Creek Barbecue. Uh, all right, Jeff, I mentioned uh, briefly in the open as I was rushed that sometimes we lose sight of the fact that a lot of what barbecue has been based on over many, many years, uh, especially in competitions, and a lot of teams will only take part in competitions if what they're going to win or if they're able to raise money is going back to some type of charity, certainly no different than kind of what you and a bunch of people were able to undertake here a couple of weeks ago down in Joplin. So first of all, if we could, a little bit about you know the, the tornado, the structure damage, and everything that you guys saw. Where did the impetus come to kind of drive down there and help out? Well, I, I guess it started on, on Sunday night after it happened. I, I've got some family in the, in the Joplin area that I was concerned about, and 
was up till about 2 a.m. trying to find out what their situation was. Um, they had all turned about to, you know, to be okay, thankfully. Um, the next morning, you know, we were, I was just thinking, you know, there ought to be something that we can do. You know, the way that the barbecue family cares about everyone um, and the way that we're ready to, you know, spring into action to help folks. Um, Stan Hayes, uh, who is with County Line Smokers, also here in Pleasant Hill, uh, he puts on the contest with me here in town, and he and I spoke on the phone that morning on the way to work and, and said, we got to do something. So he was going to immediately make some phone calls to um, his employer, Farmers, and see if we could get in you know, next to them at where they were set up in town. And I called and spoke with Carolyn Wells at KCBS mm-hmm. and uh, see if she could put me in contact with some folks at Sam's Club, maybe get some donations going. And uh, that's just kind of how the ball got started. All right, so when you uh, actually get down Facebook. there, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Jeff. Well, I was just going to say we, we, you know, that we put it on Facebook mm-hmm. uh, that we were going to do this on on Monday night, and and by Tuesday we had we had people lined up all over the place from from I think we ended up having eight states of you know representative wow. people you know cook teams that want to come and help us out. So as you get down there and you start to make the trip down, obviously you're at some point you're coming into what is normal viewing to something that is completely probably the likes that many of us have either never seen, probably will never will see the amount of damage, devastation. What were your initial thoughts as you kind of rolled up onto the scene? You know, we our site was on the north edge of all the of all the damage and. Uh, Rode down with a couple friends uh, to uh, help uh, uh, Lee Keith from Sloppy the Backwood Smokers. Rolled down there to help him cover his uh, his aunt's roof with a tarp that had a, a board come through it, and and uh, it was just I mean it was just I, we weren't even in the worst area there, and and it was just more than I could comprehend. Um, the next day. Um, when we drove some meals around and into some shelters, um, I went down towards where the hospital was and, and so forth. And, and I guess, I guess the way I describe it to people is you've got to see, I mean, what's on TV, whatever you think of that multiplied by 20, 30 times. I mean, you're standing there and you look around you 360 degrees and, and there's nothing but devastation. It's, it's a completely hopeless feeling. So how do you guys set up? Where do you get to kind of stage off? How many people showed up? How many cookers are showing up? How are you getting food in there? I mean, it had to be a tremendous undertaking. Right. And, and you know what? To, to this day, I, I don't know how it all happened other than the goodness of people's hearts. I mean, uh, we had delivery trucks showing up and saying, hey, I'm supposed to drop this off here. and It might be a pallet of charcoal or, or what have you and, um, you know, a pallet of water and, and so forth. But uh you know, we Sam's Club, uh, uh, Bill Dietz with Sam's Club was very instrumental in helping us and very, very, uh, um, um, you know, giving in what they were able to donate to us. And we ended up getting over 7,000 pounds of pork, um, you know, and various supplies from Sam's Club. And they, we just go pick up 1,000 pounds at a time. They donated a, a refrigerated uh, truck that we could sit on site to keep all of our, our cold items in and, and um, uh, a regular truck keep our regular supplies in um we got um uh, we got uh, okay foods out of fort smith arkansas <clears throat> excuse me um uh, shared up with a semi load of fifty thousand pounds of chicken wow. um and so you know we had the basics there we had you know a lot of folks had, had donated some rub um 
you know, we got, uh, and I, I'm just, you know, I hate to leave anybody at all out, but there's just, you know, tons of, of teams and barbecue companies that, that donated, excuse me, rub and sauce. Um, I know we had butchers and Cosmos and head country in Oklahoma and we had stubs and, and slabs.com and plowboys and, and, uh, Oklahoma Joe's. Um, and, uh, I mean, just, and then, uh, the, the folks from Taylor, uh, smokehouse and, and the sea came up, uh, with a bunch more rope than the, than the largest smoker I'd ever seen in my life. Uh, just, um, it was just amazing how it all came together and, and the donations that started rolling in. Really, like some of the top teams uh, in KCBS and in competition barbecue that you just named off, Jeff. And we're talking with Jeff Stiff from uh, Big Creek Barbecue, talking about the uh, relief effort that they put on uh, down in Joplin, Missouri after the tornado. Um, everybody just kind of seamlessly work together, or is it kind of an effort to make sure that you're coordinating everybody in the places that they need to go? Well, it, you know, it, it it ended up being pretty seamless, but, that's, but the reason it did is uh, Will Cleaver from Sticks and Chicks Barbecue. Um, in his real life, day job, he's a project manager, and uh, he was perfect to come in and, and ramrod the scene there and, and just make sure that everything was you know, everything ran smoothly. Uh, we had Randy Heimgardner from uh, um, Half Sauce and Lake of the Ozarks gave up uh, a good week and a half of his time, including Memorial Day weekend of his restaurant at Lake of the Ozarks, to come and help in the relief effort. And and so, you know, those two guys kind of headed the show on the ground, um, and then the teams came in, and, and uh, we estimate between 175 and 225 different folks came in from different teams to help out. Um, it, and we'll eventually all have those on our website. So, how long were you guys down there for, Jeff? Uh, we arrived. Let's see. We had the conversation on Monday morning. Stan got down there Monday afternoon, and I got down there Monday about lunch or Tuesday about lunchtime. Um, we, most of us. I mean, we we had kind of a, a oh, I'm not sure how many people were down there the second week, but we had almost everyone was there. Um, on say Tuesday, Wednesday through through Saturday, Sunday time period, and then we had you know some some other folks come in and help out as well uh, that couldn't make it the previous week that came in and donated their time and efforts on uh, on the following week, and we ended up pulling out of there uh, last Saturday morning. So last Friday night, the um, I believe it's the third uh, was was the last meals that we served. All right. So how many cookers do you think you could account for while you were down there? Cookers, as in as in teams, or no number uh, number of actual cooking units. Oh, cooking. Okay, okay. Um, I'm just right off the top of my head. I would say fifteen to twenty at any, any you know at any one time. And then you're just throwing them full of either pork or chicken, and just kind of cooking them off. And when they're finished, were you guys designated as some type of uh, area where you could go get food, or were you designated to go deliver to areas? I mean, how is the delivery portion we, set up? Well, w- what happened was one of the local folks down there had had printed off a copy from the internet of all the um, of the shelters in the area, and so my first day down there, I went and made contact with the with who you know who was heading these shelters. Uh, let them know who we were, what we were doing, and, and ask if we could be of assistance. And we ended up uh, we ended up getting maybe four or five shelters that we were delivering to at any one time, including the uh, the St. John's Hospital Triage Center at the Memorial Building. Um, they had something set up there where we were taking. Uh, we even took them uh, food for 200 people at midnight one night. Wow. 
So, uh, it, you know, we were doing that. We also delivered to the Humane Society. They had just, they were overrun with pets that, that had been brought in that were rescued from the from the rubble and just wandered around town and so forth. And they had probably 100 volunteers there helping take care of them, clean up the firm, help with injuries and so forth, and trying to, trying to hook them back up with our owners. Uh, so we were feeding the folks at the Humane Society. Um, and we also got associated with the uh, Salvation Army, and we were giving them about 1,500 meals per day uh, with huge assistance from the, from the uh, folks at the Golden Corral in Joplin, of course, with their, with their uh, uh, boil order going on. The restaurants were pretty much all closed, and so they came out and volunteered their time several days and helped you know, pull pork and make sandwiches and, buy, you know, put sauce in individual containers and just were just invaluable help there. Um, and then additionally, we had a, several volunteers who would go into the, uh, into the hardest hit areas with, with food in their cars. You know, we had our, everybody had their Cambros and so forth and, and, um, they'd go into the areas with, with hot food and, and cold water and, and chips and, and, uh, fruit. And then towards the end of the week, the first week we had vegetables that were starting to come in as well. So we were actually delivering to families at their home sites, and many of them, you know, had, had lost almost everything. Many of them didn't have, you know, most people didn't have electricity. Um, so you know, it was it was important that they get a hot meal, and that's that's kind of what we what we strive to provide. I mean, obviously, you're not there. You're, you're doing a selfless act. You're not looking for people to give you that pat on the back. You're out there trying to help fellow man, which is certainly commendable with everybody else down there. But what was some of the reaction that you were getting as you were dropping off meals and people were kind of eating that barbecue, probably uh, getting to feel like at least something is normal in that uh, life that had been turned upside down? Yeah, you see, Greg, now you're going to get in the park. It's going to get me uh, get me a little emotional here because that was the tough part of it. Um you know, we, uh, we uh, all the volunteers have stories. You know, I think everybody went down looking to help out and serve some barbecue and, and you know, do a good thing uh, for the city of Joplin. And, and I don't think any of us realized that we were going to come out of there with, with life-changing stories mm-hmm. and experiences and so forth. And it was, you know, I, I, you know it's, it's no exaggeration at all to say that, that, and I know I heard it from many, many people down there that, that, our lives are changed because of of what we saw and the stories we heard and and just you know the compassion you feel for the for the folks down there. It's just um, um, you know we had we had everything. We had you know the first day I was down there, a lady came up and and uh, she she got some some barbecue from uh, from Eric from Ribs for You. Uh, he he had he had some of the first food ready to go and. And when I was standing there and I'd been there 30 minutes and, and, uh, he handed her the sandwiches and, and, uh, she said, God bless you and turned around and she had tears streaming on her face. And, you know, we knew it was going to be a very emotional week at that point. So, um, uh, but that's, you know, that's just, you know, we saw kids that all they had, all the only clothes they had, one kid was a Halloween costume. And, you know, multiple times we saw kids that had shoes that were two or three sizes too little, but that's all they could find. And, um, you know, it was just a very, very emotional week for all of us, or, or 12 days. Jeff Steth joining us here on the show, pitmaster of Big Creek Barbecue, kind of uh, recounting his time down in Joplin, Missouri. Was this done under, I mean, was this just you and Stan, basically, or was this done under, I'd seen uh, Cooker's Care getting tossed around, is that kind of all-inclusive thing? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we went down there. When we first got to start, we had no idea, you know, what we were getting into. Obviously, I told Carolyn Wells I thought we could serve 4,000 meals uh, in a week down there. And, and she said uh, something like, to the effect of, are you sure? I know we we, we didn't do that many down in, in Alabama when, when they were working down there. And I said, well, I think so. And, and uh, we ended up going way, way, way beyond that. So we kind of, we still kind of laugh about my conversation with Carolyn, but, uh, um, you know, um, we didn't know what was going to happen with it. Um, we talked to, uh, uh, Craig Kidwell. I talked to Craig Kidwell from Cooker's Care quite often, um, in the day or so, you know, 24, 36 hours before I got down there. Um, and then after I was down there and, and, you know, it, it kind of started out as, as, you know, we wanted to involve Cooker's Care, obviously, and they were, they were, Cooker's Care was very, very helpful in, in, in getting us going on, on this. And, and, uh, uh, you know, I got to give a shout out to Jerry Benham. Uh, she was instrumental in, in getting it set up where, where they could start collecting donations for us. And, you know, they'd run and get things from the store and, and had the Sam's Club for us. And it was just, just phenomenal what all they did. And Cooker's Care really came through to help out. But, as the week kind of evolved, Stan and, and Will and I started talking about, you know, the what ifs, and you know, we we saw, you know, we saw how, how the successes and 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 uh, you know how this was going, and and uh, you know it was actually working, and we were we were serving more people food than we ever thought we would when we first went down there, and and uh, you know we thought, well, what if we use this as a model for something going forward into the future. And so we started talking about setting up a, um, a 501c3 not-for-profit organization um, and to, to do this nationwide um, in the event of natural disasters. Um, you know, there, there's various reasons why it works for us as, as a barbecue community. Um, and I think, I think first and foremost is, is, is how we, like I said earlier, how we like to help people. Um, you know, and the second thing, that I think really makes us um, the right group of people to do this kind of a, of, of a project is, you know, barbecue folks are ready to roll. They've got, you know, we've got our stuff in our vehicles and our trailers and we all have catering equipment and, and cambros and, you know, smokers that, you know, most times don't need uh, electricity and, and, uh, you know, generators and all sorts of things that make us, you know, an effective first response team as far as, um, as far as providing hot meals to people in need in, in times of natural disasters. So, you know, the more we got to thinking about it, the, the, the more this seemed like a great idea. So we, we've, we've come a long way since then, and, and we've actually started putting some things together. Jeff Stith joining us here on the show. Uh, Jeff, do you mind if I uh, hold you over during the break here, and we can kind of finish up here, and then we can just talk about some, uh, you know, lighter barbecue stuff in general? Absolutely. All right, you go ahead and uh, hang out for about two minutes and 54 seconds. Uh, we're talking with Jeff Stiff. He's a pitmaster of Big Creek Barbecue, and I believe the website is bigcreekbbq.com, but we'll go ahead and confirm that with him after we uh, get out of the break here. And he's recounting what's happened in uh, Joplin and his time helping everybody in need out there. And this is, uh, you know, instant chat is going crazy right now with uh, how good of a guy Jeff is. And quite frankly, uh, you know, it, that goes for everybody that actually showed up down there. Uh, folks, quick reminder about Fred's Music and BBQ.com. Uh, Fred has been a longtime sponsor of the show. Uh, one of the, not the first one, but probably second or third in line and has been on ever since. So we're in our third year now. 
And he has a new product out that he wants me to tell you about. And it's the Guitar Player's Sweet and Tangy Secret Sauce. Uh, It's very sweet, but it's got that tang. Good results so far from competitions as well. And the judges are digging the very sweet stuff. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. But look, here's, here's what the deal is. The secret of this sauce is the fact that it has the same spice block that is in the original smoking guitar player's rub. So if you're a fan of the rub, and quite frankly, from what I have been able to ascertain from talking with various pitmasters across the country, that if you're going to use a rub and a sauce, you want to be able to have those flavors kind of work together and meld together to provide a quality overall uh, flavor profile for the judges to hunker down on and uh, evaluate your food. So here you have a sauce that is mixed with the same spice block as the rub. So if you're using the rub, you're definitely going to want to use the sauce because they're going to work very well together. Uh, Finish with the sauce. You have the same exact flavor, the same spice package for a consistent flavor profile all the way through. And as we all know in competition, uh, consistency is key. Uh, This is the only rub and sauce on the market that's made like this using the rub in the sauce, so far as Fred knows. Uh, Also, he's gone ahead and launched Tenderness B and Tenderness P. These are for brisket and pork, obviously, B and P. Uh, This is an injection for texture and injection for moisture. Fred actually went out, hired a food scientist, and cloned some of the most popular injections out there. And as you all know, Fred makes a quality product uh, all the way through. Mix it in with some apple juice. Go ahead and inject it. And you know how to inject if you guys are out there injecting. Uh, Also... More barbecue rubs available at tastylicksbbq.com. There's the ribbit rub. You have black Bart's brisket rub, red eye meat rub. Uh, he's got plenty. My favorite is the veggie blend rub. It's got a great garlic flavor. Fred's Music and BBQ.com is the website, trusted online retailer and supporter of the show. Uh, stick around. We're going to be coming right back with Jeff Stiff. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. Uh, 20 minutes till the top of the hour. We're talking with Jeff Stiff from Big Creek Barbecue. Jeff, thanks for uh, letting me flap my gums there for a minute for a sponsor. And uh, we're going to kind of close out the Joplin talk here and uh, maybe lighten it up a little bit just with some more barbecue talk. Uh, so as you kind of look back now, uh, since you've been home and reviewed you know, all the time you spent down in Joplin, everything that you see, uh, what are some of your summaratory thoughts about the whole experience for you? Well, um, first of all, I, you know, I, I, hate to, I hate to have you keep, keep pushing you know, my name and I'm always talking to you and all, but you know, there were so, so many great people uh, down there that came through and helped out. And so many people that couldn't be there that donated money um, and so forth. So I just want to, again, say thank you to to everybody that came out there. Um, Very, very awesome. And you know what? I wasn't surprised a bit from this community of barbecue people. So, um, you know, the only credit I can take is, is... is Stan and I starting, you know, calling each other on, on Monday morning. Other than that, it was it was all these other folks that came together and did this. So, um, you know, we're just appreciative of that. Um, what we take forward from this uh, and our thoughts on this, um, you know, a lot of people ask us, you know, man, you guys are not getting any sleep. You're just going day after day. How are you doing this? And, and uh, you know, 
basically, you know, our compassion for, for, for our neighbors was part of it. And the other thing is basically, um, you know, Joplin, Joplin was strong. Joplin stood tall. And I think, I think that caused us to want to be that way as well. Um, very, very strong civic spirit in town. Everybody pulled together. We had, uh, we had multiple Joplin residents who, besides the, the Golden Crow crew that came out and helped out, um, you know, we had uh, a couple guys down there, um, uh, that, that we got to know, um, Frank and Frank, <laughs> two, two good friends and, and two, two great guys. Um, and, uh, they, they make, uh, I think they make, uh, drum smokers, uh, UDSs and, uh, fantastic guys. They came out and even though they lost almost everything they had, they came out and helped us and bonded with us as barbecuers. And it was fantastic. Um, they're going to be at the Lenexa barbecue contest with sticks and chicks. So if you, uh, if you're out on that, if you happen to be in Lenexa, Kansas at that contest here in a couple of weeks, you know, stop by and, and, uh, sticks and chicks and, you know, thank Will and, and, and visit with, with Frank and, and see, you know, hear their story. Amazing guys. Um, you know, it's, it's just, uh, like I said, it's a very rewarding experience for all of us, uh, life changing. And, uh, you know, we have, we've, we've, taken upon ourselves to do this new, um, new organization. It's, it's going to be called Operation Barbecue Relief. Uh, you may see it referred to as OBR and for short, uh, we have a website at operationbbqrelief.org where folks can go and find out more about what we're doing. Uh, it'll be, the, the site's already up. Uh, it'll be, obviously things will be added to as we, to it as we go along. Uh, you can donate funds to help us and our cause, uh, you can, you can, uh, and, or to go to Joplin, we're still, we're still planning fundraisers for Joplin as well. But our goal in this is, is to have team leaders in every part of the United States. So if you're out there and you're interested in being involved, go to the website, let us know how, you know, that you're interested. Uh, we want to have people ready to mobilize in the event of a natural disaster, whether it be a hurricane, a, a flood, a, um, you know, more tornadoes, uh, uh, wildfires, uh, earthquakes, anything like that that we can help out with. Um, that's what our goal is. Um, and we're, we're going to take this national and we're going to, we're going to go big. So, uh, um, you know, we, we, we feel like, uh, not only was this a, a great experience for all of us who are involved, but we think that anybody else who gets involved in, in a similar type of a disaster would, would, uh, you know, you find it one of the most rewarding things you've ever done in your life, as we do. And um, it's just, just something that we want to perpetuate and, and keep going forward and use what we did as a model um, to, to, to take it nationwide in disasters. Jeff Stith joining us here on the show. OperationBBQRelief.org is the web address if you want to check that out and uh, help out or donate, uh, do whatever you want to do. Uh, become uh, you know a, a century in your neck of the woods, as Jeff said, in case something is uh, going to happen around your area, you can certainly help out. OperationBBQRelief.org. Uh, Jeff, the resiliency of the town was still strong, and, and they're ready to press forward then. Absolutely. All right. Um, so great work there, obviously. I mean, you're getting a ton of love here in the instant chat. And as you said, there was a lot of other people down there aside from yourself, but obviously the one kind of talking to me tonight uh, for the voice of everybody. So we certainly thank them all and uh, yourself for everything that you did down there, uh, showing compassion for your fellow human being. Uh, Jeff, we kind of turned tables here a little bit. Obviously, you're a competitive barbecuer, a pit master of Big Creek Barbecue. Uh, how is the competition season working for you right now? Well, we're uh, 
we're kind of taking a break after last year. We're uh, we worked hard last year, and and we're just absolutely, I mean, honored to be in 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 the you know with the group of people that we were with, and and uh, you know maybe once in a lifetime thing for us. But uh, this year we're kind of taking a little bit easy. We're cutting back on a number of competitions we're doing. We've we've only done four so far. We got uh, one coming up here in a couple of weeks down in Seymour, Missouri, April Hepco with. Uh, uh, puts on uh, Rock and Freedom barbecue down there. Has a great contest. We're going to go down and cook in that one. We just got back from South Dakota last weekend up at uh, uh, but uh, here on South Dakota, and, and uh, 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 the folks up there do a great job as well. So um, you know, we're we're just taking it easy and we're doing okay, and and uh, just in, we're we're taking time to enjoy the barbecue a little bit more this year. I think. Jeff Stith was obviously a hopeful. You had been on the show uh, at least once before when you were making a BLD run. Uh, I don't wasn't was it last year? Uh, I know it was two years ago, but I don't remember if you were uh, trying to do it again. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, as you kind of see things, people have been voted in, and uh, changes have been made here or there. Perhaps uh, changes have not been made. What's your overall take right now of KCBS, where it sits? Obviously, you were very vocal when you were making a run that there were some changes that needed to be made. Where are you sitting with it right now? Man, Craig, you know how to put a guy on the spot, don't you? Uh, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> uh, um, you know what? No, I I, I, uh, I like the direction we're heading. I mean, obviously, there, there's a lot of work to do. Um, I, think, uh, I think Candy Weaver has it going in the right direction. Um, and, uh, I'm, you know what, I, I've never not been proud to be a member of KCBS, no matter what the situation is. Um, so I think it's a fantastic organization. And like I said, during the campaign, you know, there were, we know hundreds and hundreds of people that we call friends that if it wasn't for, for Carolyn and Gary Wells, we wouldn't know. Um, I, I can never fault the organization for that. Jeff Stith joining us here on the show, pitmaster of Big Creek Barbecue. Uh, Jeff, I'm going to have uh, Amy Mills on here in the second hour. Um, we're going to talk a little bit of television. Uh, certainly, you've seen barbecue grow exponentially, especially over the last you know four or five, six years. It's coming on television more and more. Are you a watcher of the barbecue shows that make it to television, or do you not get too interested in those? Uh, you know, yeah, I, I watch them all, um, and, and I think you know, regardless of, of, of the show, and I know there's a lot of opinions out there about them, but I, but I think all publicity for barbecue is good. I mean, especially you know they're getting onto onto CBS and and so forth, and I, I think you know when you get into the mainstream, I think you're going to get more and more people that are that are watching it. They're going to get more interested in it. They're going to want to come out and see folks like us who are out there competing. Um, ask us questions and, and maybe gain a few tips here and there. And, and you know what? That's what causes the sponsors to want to sponsor barbecue contests. That's what causes prize purses to get bigger. And um, that's what causes the contest to grow. And uh, I just think it's uh, I think it's a great thing. So, yeah, I, I, you know, any and all barbecue competitions and shows in the year, I'm good with. You know, I was talking with, I don't I hate to drop names, but I was talking with uh, Emmy Award winning producer John Marcus a couple weeks ago about the show, Ultimate Barbecue Showdown, that aired uh, last week. And, you know, I was wondering, and, and I asked him, I said, look, is this just a thing where maybe in our minds we, we think it's bigger and more exciting than it is? It's just never going to make it onto television. And he kind of uh, relented a little bit to a certain degree, saying that, you know, when you see it on television, there is going to be more of that freak show factor. Uh, taking that into account, is it always 
if it has barbecue on it and there's some people we know it's always good to have on television? Or is there a point where just because it says barbecue, it's really not representing what's actually going on during the weekends? Well, you know, I, of course, I'd always like to see. I, I love the, the format of the first season of Pitmasters. I, I thought it was great. Um, but then again, you know, I'm a, I'm a competitor. I'm looking at it from that standpoint, you know, what the public likes and what the public, you know, the general public sees and, and likes, I, you know, I, I don't know. I think, I think it's really hard for me to say because, because I am so passionate about barbecue and about competition barbecue. Um, you know, I, I, I'll watch, I'll watch anything that's got to do with barbecue on TV. So, uh, I don't know that I'm the right person to, to answer that question because, because of the, you know, a little bit of, a of, uh, you know, the, the, the skewed point of view, I guess. So you're going to watch it regardless if it's on. You're just that kind of guy. Oh, sure. All right. Absolutely. That's great. And, uh, I meant to, uh, confirm with you, it's bigcreekbbq.com for your website, right, Jeff? Yeah, that, that's my team website, correct? All right. Team website. Uh, we're talking with Jeff Stiff, pitmaster of Big Creek Barbecue, and uh, we were recounting uh, his whole experience down in Joplin, which was really kind of the emphasis on what I wanted to do with Jeff tonight, and we're just having a little fun there for the last few minutes. Uh, Jeff, anything else you want to get out there before I turn you loose? Um, just, just again, I, I would encourage everybody, if you get the opportunity to go to uh, go to operationbbqrelief.org, uh, check it out, and uh, if, if, you know, if, you, if you're able, we'd, we'd appreciate any and all uh, volunteers, donations, whatever you can do to help out and get involved. Like I said, we want we want this to be big, and we want this to be something that that uh, basically, when we go into a community uh, and we leave, we want the we want the community to be able to say without a doubt that that we made a difference and that we had compassion. We had you know we offered friendship and hope to their citizens, um, and I think that's something that we all uh, would do good to get involved with. He's Jeff Stiff. Uh, Jeff, buddy, I really appreciate you coming on tonight and sharing your stories. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you, Greg. All right. Take care. There he is, Jeff Stiff. Big Creek Barbecue. Again, I hear what he was saying. Jeff's a very humble guy, uh, very soft-spoken. He's not going to you know, go ahead and honk his own horn. Uh, but, uh, a, you know, I, I do want to give him some special attention because it was him and Stan that were the ones that kind of brainchild this whole thing. Uh, but not to even downplay anything, the people, the 125 or 150 people that he said had showed up during the course of that whole time that they were down there, uh, each and every person deserves a name mentioned here on the show. It needs to be written about in the KCBS bullshit, uh, wherever publications are written about barbecue and grilling. Uh, those people need to be named and need to be recognized, and we certainly appreciate everything that they did. The website, once again, uh, for Operation Barbecue Relief is operationbbqrelief.org. That's operationbbqrelief.org. Jeff's team website, Big Creek, am I saying that right? Yeah, bigcreekbbq.com. Thanks again to Jeff Stiff. Again, quick reminder about the longest-running sponsor of the show. Perhaps you've heard of them. Little company called the Barbecue Goo Goo. Oh, yes. First sponsor ever of the live show. Longtime sponsor of just the podcast. Remember, folks, this show used to just be like a pre-recorded thing that made its way to iTunes for like two years before I sacked up and went live. Uh, these guys, look, some of us are business people. We have a day job, and we are also barbecue purists at heart so we don't we we always want to have the barbecue we don't have the ability to just stay home all day long and stuff our fat faces with pork and beef and chicken and whatever the case may be 
But if you have a cooker and you want to have a brisket for dinner after you, you know, get your fanny off to work, you're like, man, I'm never going to be able to keep my pit at the right temperature. Don't worry about that because the good folks over at the Barbecue Guru have you covered all the way around. They have four different pit temperature control devices, four different ones for crying out loud. They can fit any level of price point that you're looking at. They can fit all cookers. If you want to be able to walk 600 feet away from your cooker and be able to monitor its temperature and then and then make adjustments while you're talking to your neighbor, you can do that. That's the ProCom 4 wireless unit. Uh, they have the DigiQ2. They have the IQ. They have that ProCom 4. I mean, you name it, they have it. And why would you go anywhere else? Yeah, I know people on the West Coast have this big tech guy out there, and he sells his uh, pit temperature control devices too. Forget about it. These are the guys that originated it, for crying out loud, and you find them at the BBQ Guru. Com. Also, they are carrying one of the best lump charcoals out there, Wicked Good Charcoal. They also carry Blues Hog sauces. They carry Head Country sauces. They got the slabs and the Dizzy Pig rubs. Really, when you think about it, not only can you get a really good pit temperature control device, it's not even really good, just the best for crying out loud. You can also get charcoal to keep your cooker fired. You can also get rubs and sauces to go all with your preparation. They carry a number of products out there that are going to make, and I know I say it all the time, your barbecue and grilling life easier because that's what they're there for. And they're selling their championship award-winning cooker that they use themselves at competitions. They took reserve grand champion at last year's Jack Daniels for crying out loud. It's tested over and over again. They win with these things. They use their pit temperature control devices. They use their cookers for crying out loud. Forget about it. It's thebbqguru.com. It's also 800-288-GURU. That's the good folks over at the Barbecue Guru. And the Onyx Oven, my friends, is lightweight. It's fuel efficient, and most importantly, it's accurate. So if you want a pit temperature control device so you can go put on a brisket, leave for work, and know that the pit temperature is going to remain the same, it's not going to overcook because you have the ramp mode, then it's the folks at the Barbecue Guru that you want to call first. That's 800-288-GURU or thebbqguru.com. We're going to wrap up right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, two minutes till the top of the hour. Right now, instant feedback. Good or bad, not that it matters because it's my show, uh, good or bad as far as the uh, commercial break spots. What do you think? One guy gets a, a spotlight on him, and I bet your fannies aren't leaving the seats. You mother, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, thanks again, gang, to Jeff Stiff from Big Creek Barbecue. Again, his team website is BigCreekBBQ.com, or sorry, BigCreekBBQ.com. Uh, but the website that we want to get out there, OperationBBQRelief.org. Sometimes people don't have the forethought and the wherewithal to be able to put something like this together. But now something is in place. So if you want to go ahead and take part, if you want to sign up wherever your particular region of the country is, then go to OperationBBQRelief.org and start signing up. You can be a, a commander, a general, a lieutenant, a sergeant, if you will, a private first-class barbecuer. So if something 
happens in your neck of the woods, you will be able to mobilize and help out a community in need. I mean, it, it doesn't get any better than that in my estimation. So thanks to Jeff Stiff for doing that. Also, uh, his uh, partner in crime there, Stan Hayes, for masterminding this whole deal. And again, many thanks to all of the cookers that went out there and helped feed what had to have been one of the most egregious and uh, just terrible scenes to see. I- I've never seen what it looks like to go through a tornado-ridden area. I see it on television only, so but to see it firsthand and then uh, to have Jeff kind of recount those stories about people coming up to them and showing how grateful they are. Yeah, look, man, that's emotional stuff, and uh, I really have to give a lot of credit to Jeff for coming out and actually talking about that and then actually keeping it together from uh, uh, you know a talking a standpoint. So, again, big thanks to Stan. A big thanks to Jeff for coming on tonight and talking about it uh, from Big Creek Barbecue and all the cookers that made it out there uh, to help out Joplin. That was certainly awesome. And, uh, again, we can't thank you enough. You're getting lit up all over the place with uh, instant message love from the, the people that are watching the show here tonight. All right, we are going to go ahead and step away real quick as we reload for the second hour. Amy Mills is going to be coming on. We're going to be talking barbecue with her, some TV. I did a lot of prep work for her as well. So stay tuned for some uh, what is to be great conversation, I hope. Again, you can find Jeff Stiff at BigCreekBBQ.com. You can also help out OperationBBQRelief.org. Going to be a new 501c3 organization ready to mobilize and help people in need from natural disaster. OperationBBQRelief.org. Be the first one to sign up. Say you did it because you heard the show. I'll give you a free prize. I got free prizes out the wazoo over here. And again, that's OperationBBQRelief.org. Don't forget, first uh, first segment guest was Heath Hall from Pork Barrel Barbecue. What? Yeah, we were talking about the fragrance of Q. Smells like uh, sweet and heat and sweat can't wait i was the first one that put in an order for crying out loud i did that's right coming up at the second hour don after we get done talking with amy we're going to be giving away prizes we have rooftop barbecue sauce we also have stuff from yoder smoky mountain barbecue i'm going to reload you stick around Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish, what? He ate 54 wieners. Oh, listen, Laverne, you shake a piece. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> you could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grills. I just like being anywhere with Junior, Senior, and Diva. Sounds like a whole lot of movie. <laughs> wow, yeah, really. Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. Ooh, top men. 
And we are in the second hour, just like that, ladies and gentlemen. Doesn't get any better. Yeah! 877-448-0433 is the toll-free number. I didn't give you that at the top like I usually do. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com is the email address. Maybe you want to shoot me an email. Feel free. I'll read them right on the air. I don't even think about it. Craig Goldwyn, a meathead, has been going back and forth with me today about stuff that I'm not even going to get into yet. Wait for him. Uh, I believe he's coming on next week where we're going to be arguing about something insignificant. Did it again. Are you kidding me? How does that always happen? How come nobody in the instant chat knows what's going to happen? And say, look, make sure you take it off uh, the queue. Make sure you take it off the queue. But it never happens. They always have to have the lust for life come in. Uh, Craig, uh, I'm sorry, Meathead is going to be going around and round with me. I believe our topic next show is, what do they call that? It sounds French. And, you know, look, I'm not a hater of anybody, but I'm not a fan of the French. So I, I, what do they call that when you drop meat in hot water? sous vide or sous vide or whatever we're going to talk about steak is what basically what we're going to be talking about that's going to be the topic for discussion you recall last time it was hamburgers last month month before that uh yeah i know i know uh month before that we talked about uh schweens wieners and then we were debating whether or not uh, barbecue should be kept under the same umbrella as grilling if the two were the same. Uh, Craig was making the point that grilling falls under the umbrella. I kept maintaining that these are two different cooking styles and neither the twain shall meet. If you're saying you're grilling at a barbecue or barbecuing at a grill, we're going to sit down, meet on the street, and we're going to fist fight because I'm right and you're wrong. Punk. So take that. Take that and put that in your pipe and smoke it as... uh, uh, old ladies like to say to get their point across. All right, uh, as promised, uh, joining me now to talk a little about all things really related to the world of barbecue and grilling. Uh, she was a judge on the Best in Smoke TV show. She was also part, uh, well, she's not even also, but she is also part of the OnQ consulting firm, uh, 17th Street Barbecue, Memphis Championship Barbecue Restaurants. You're damn right. It's first time guest to the show, and I'm honored to say that is Amy Mills. Amy, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm fabulous. Thank you, and you? Uh, I'm doing very well, Amy. Thanks for asking. Uh, I didn't know if you noticed, and I'm probably putting you on the spot here, but what do you think the percentage of chance that Mike Mills will be receiving the newest scent from Pork Barrel Barbecue called Q for Father's Day? Well, I really have no idea. He wears essence of pork every day. That's his sense of choice. I'm not sure um, if he's even seen that yet. He's been on the road all day heading to New York for the Big Apple Barbecue Block Party. Oh, that's uh, certainly a great event. Uh, One that I actually didn't even prep for, but now that you've mentioned it, Amy... Uh, for the people that aren't familiar with that, a lot of people think it's a competition or, you know, it's some type of a demo event. Your dad has been doing that for years. Obviously, you've been out there, too, because you take a lot of great pictures that you share via Twitter and Facebook. But for the people that aren't aware of it and haven't been out to it, tell us what the block party is all about and what one could expect if they were going to attend. Oh, absolutely. It's a fabulous event. The block party is really a celebration of regional American barbecue. It is not a competition. It's not something you can apply to be part of. Uh, people are chosen very specifically because of the type of barbecue they do or the region they represent. And one of the 
effect to this is that you have to really be able to produce 6,000 plus portions of barbecue over the two-day period. And there are a lot of fabulous restaurants out there who don't really have the equipment or ability to travel and put that type of a show on. It's a fundraiser. We do not get any of the money from this. Each pitmaster sells one protein and one side dish, and all of the proceeds go to the Madison Square Park Conservancy. So it's it's all for charity, and it's a, it's a fabulous fundraiser that's the brainchild of Danny Meyer, who is the head of Union Square Hospitality Group and Blue Smoke. Now, when you're picking the protein, you're picking the side dish, is it assigned to you, or are you allowed to pick which one you want to do? Well, we are one of the six founding pitmasters. My dad is a partner in Blue Smoke, and he helped start the block party nine years ago. This is its ninth year. And people really, sometimes there's a hole that needs to be filled. Most people are cooking what they're famous for. So, you know, we do baby back ribs and baked beans. Those are two things that people look forward to. I know from our experience at other events, if we try to change up something, people will say, oh, I thought you were bringing the ribs. Right. So we're doing what people want us to do. That's going to be a fabulous event, a Big Apple block party right down there in New York City. So if you have a chance to have occasion to get out there, I mean, you really got to go early because it's a, it's a jam-packed event, let's say. It is. It's actually, there'll be about 130, 140,000 people. Wow. It, is, it grows by leaps and bounds each year. And smart people come with a group and split up. Everybody stands in a different line, and then they meet in the park with all of the goods. There's also a fast pass program. It's kind of like going on the fast lane at Disney World. Right. And that means that you buy a pass with $100 worth of punches. It's $125 for the pass. And you can go on an inside lane around the park. And only a certain number of those are sold. So those have been sold out for a little while now. Sounds like a fabulous time. Got to get out there one time so I can hang with all the barbecue uh, elite. And, of course, I got to hand, uh, hang glad with my man, John Marcus, uh, so, okay, before we get into all of this uh, tonight, Amy, that I've decided to lay out that you have no idea what we're talking about, uh, for the people that don't <laughs> know, there you go, uh, for the people that don't know, you know, Amy Mills, uh, how about a little background about yourself? And I mean, this is going to seem like the lamest question in the whole world, but how you kind of get into the whole world of barbecue. Okay. Well, I'm the daughter of Mike Mills, who is who? somewhat known in the world of barbecue. And I have always... Um, you know, I grew up in barbecue. I moved away from home. I did other things, mostly marketing, PR, and advertising jobs. I lived in Dallas, and now I live in Boston most of the time. And I've always been a little bit involved in the business, but maybe for the past seven to ten years, you know, even more so. And it really started when I wrote the book, Peace, Love, and Barbecue. When I would go home, I would hear all these stories, or I would travel to events with my dad, and I knew that those were stories that needed to be captured and written down. I think the thing that's really special about Peace, Love, and Barbecue is that people, these men talk differently to one another than they do to a reporter, and that has really been the charm and the appeal of that book. So I really, um, you know, just started working in the family business sort of part-time, and now it's about 20 hours a day. Yeah, wow. So uh, almost a jam-packed 24-hour wall-to-wall uh, barbecue world. 
Uh, Mike Mills, obviously, as you said, your dad, widely considered to be like one of the legends when it comes to our industry of barbecue and grilling. Uh, you know, when people list off the top people in barbecue, he's got to be at least, if not the first, one of the three mentioned out of the mouth by most folks. What's it like growing up with a father who was an icon in an industry? Well, that's very interesting because, of course, you know, I never really knew that until I got out into the barbecue world. And, and now that I'm so immersed in that world, I certainly hear it all the time. I think what's so special about my dad you know, is his, his charm. He has that very quiet charisma that people just lean forward when he speaks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone likes to be around him. He is so incredibly knowledgeable. The thing I learn from him every day, every time someone asks him a question, you know, I learn, I learn something new as well. Uh, the amount of information about barbecue that's tucked away in that brain of his is really pretty astounding. Um, I, I, I don't know. That's a difficult question to answer. It, it was fabulous. I I think what I'm relearning over and over again, especially as I'm working on our next book, I'm trying to relearn all those lessons he tried to teach me uh, that didn't quite take the first time. That's funny how that and happens. And he's had it? to repeat numerous times, and now... Um, I'm really trying to capture those so that other people can benefit from them as well. Amy Mills joining us here on the show. A number of places that you can find her as far as web presence is concerned. We have OnQ Consulting, which we're going to get to. Uh, That's uh, the letter R, the letter U, OnQ, O-N-C-U-E dot com. And then, of course, you have 7th Street Barbecue. You have Memphis Championship Barbecue. Uh, That's uh, Murfreesboro, Illinois, and Las Vegas, Nevada, respectively. Uh, You know, you segued into the book there uh, real nicely for me, Amy. Uh, People recommend books all the time on barbecue. Lots of cookbooks that are mentioned, but indeed, Peace, Love, and Barbecue, like probably your dad's name is mentioned as far as one of the best ever, uh, this book seems to make it at the top of everybody's list. Many consider it to be one of the most important books as it relates just to barbecue in general. Uh, you, you did kind of tell us a little bit about the book in itself, but you know the, the impetus behind it with these stories that you thought needed to be heard, uh, why do you think it's done so well for so long? Well, I I do think it's the stories. There is literally not a week that goes by that I do not get an email from a man that says, I haven't read a book since high school, but I read your book cover to cover. Um, You know, people can certainly cook from it. It has fabulous recipes, but the stories really resonate with people. There are the highs, the lows, the background, the little tidbits that aren't really written down anywhere else. I, I think people feel as though they know um, the people in the book. And there are several people. Um, there's a man who's an attorney in St. Louis. He travels all over the country frequently. And he will write to me or call me and say, I'm going to be in such and such town. Can you call so-and-so and see if he would meet me and make sure he's going to be at his restaurant? I want him to sign my book. Um, you know, people have really, they take that book around like it's a yearbook and, and gather signatures and, you know, make a real collector's item. It's a very interactive um, book. There's so many things about it on so many levels, and I, I think that's the appeal. So what's the new book going to be about? Do you give us a little scoop here on the show? I can. I'm actually working on two more books, and um, the, the one book is called Praise the Lord, and it is a book. It's a little bit more, I don't really call, want to call it a business book, It's because it really applies to any area of life. But it's a lot of life lessons, um, you know, things I learned growing up, things I learned from my dad in the business world. Uh, and how they translate, and you know, it will. It certainly will probably be, you know, it'll be called a business book, but it will really apply to any 
facet of your life. And while it will be centered around the barbecue industry, mm-hmm. it will be relevant to any any type of business or life situation. Sounds great. Amy Mills joining us here on the show. When is that going to be released out? At this moment, it is scheduled for fall 2012. All right. So you got a little ways yet. Exactly. All right, good. Uh, all right, so let's uh, turn away from you know the background and what it's uh, like to have one of the best dads ever uh, when it comes to the world of barbecue and grilling. And uh, let's go ahead and turn our attention first to what is, I guess, most current in a lot of people's minds in regards to Amy Mills, which was the Best in Smoke TV show. Obviously, that was that was even shot like a, almost a year ago from what I understand, but it, it hit the small it was, screen. It was shot last August. Um, in the middle of a heat wave uh, in New York City. It was actually shot in Liberty State Park, right out in New Jersey, right outside of the city. So we had the magnificent city as the background, but we were in New Jersey. So barbecue seems to be getting more and more attention these days. No one else knows that better than you. It's showing up on TV more and more frequently, obviously on some very big networks. Best in Smoke just finished up on the Food Network a couple weeks ago. You were one of the three judges. In the interest of not being seen, Amy, as hypocritical to my audience, uh, my take on the show was that quite possibly it might have been one of the worst shows ever. Uh, it was, for me, and again, my personal opinion, uh, it was just tough to watch in, in a lot of respects and th- some things we can talk about uh, later in regards to that. But after seeing the finished product like everyone else did, because it's different for you because you also got to see how everything else was done originally, how do you think Food Network did with the show and do you think – it helped the industry of barbecue. Well, that's a, those are very interesting questions, and I'm you know I'm certainly very proud to have been part of that show, and I I don't want to you know badmouth it or necessarily praise it in any way. Let me let me I interrupt. Think, I'm sorry, I, Amy. Let me interrupt for a second because certainly. I never ever want anybody to get the misconception that when I give a, a take or an opinion about a show, I am always very uh, proud because I've interviewed a number of the people that were on that show uh, when they get the chance to be on television and it has nothing to do with them. So uh, l- I just wanted to put that out there as well because I, I had a feeling you were on the same track. So uh, I'm, so- I'm sorry for the interruption. Right. Go ahead. Well, and you know, first of all, uh, there's a production company, you know, sells and pitches a show to the Food Network and then they go off, shoot the show, produce the show and deliver it. So it's really not the Food Network, per se, who put together the show. It's High Noon Productions. And they I've worked with them before. They've filmed several different things about Mike and 17th Street. And they are a fabulous group. I think that part of what we're responding to in the, in the food world is this um, voracious appetite for reality TV. And that is certainly <laughs> what this show um, sort of ended up being. You know, it was it was very much a um, barbecue version of of Top Chef Masters or something like that, with the challenges and the eliminations, et cetera. I know that I started working with this group eight months before it ever filmed. Mm-hmm. Um, it cast a very wide net for talent and for people, you know, who wanted to be on the show. And I certainly gave them a little bit of advice along the way. Uh, for example, when I got my briefing booklet. I noticed, you know, with all the meat that they were listing and then the amount of time for each challenge, I actually <laughs> called and said, you know, just so you know, you don't really have enough time to cook seven-eighths of the meat you have in that locker in this amount of time for the first three days. And they said, oh, really? So, you know, there's, 
there's a it's a different it's a different genre. It's it's a whole different thing. I wish that there had been more time allotted to some of these things. Really, this could have been an eight episode show, and you really could have gotten into a lot of the things that went on in the cooking, especially when you had six contestants versus three. So many different things were happening in each kitchen that would have been fabulous to see. But, you know, a 20-hour day gets edited down to 44 minutes. Um, you know, I have certainly have seen some of the criticism about the judging process. And not only did... Um, oh, we'll get there. Talk Pardon me? I said, we'll get there. <laughs> okay. Um, not only did they... We talk extensively about each item, um, you know, each of us for maybe three to five minutes. We talked as a group, we talked individually, and we went through their kitchen periodically and got to talk to them and see what we were doing. But you really only saw each person say a sentence. So there was really so many things that went on behind the scenes that, you know, that really just didn't make the screen. And, and that's too bad. But in the interest of time and, you know, whatever editing direction was given, that is the product that it ended up being. Is this something that, as far as the show is concerned, is this, have you ever done anything like this before? No, I, I have not. Were you excited at the opportunity or, uh, I mean, just happy to, to kind of lend a hand and help promote barbecue? Oh, absolutely. It was, it was a fabulous experience, and I would do it all over again. Now, th- there seemed to be a feel of the show like it was kind of – I guess, for lack of a better term, whipped together. You were in the, you know, the, the that park uh, where you had just mentioned out there in New Jersey had the backdrop of New York City, but it felt like maybe there wasn't a lot of budget uh, in the show for production. You had, you know, all those cooks out there in the grass, and they had stand-up refrigerators, and it, it did seem a little uh, kind of thrown together. Did you get the same feeling while you were there, or is that kind of the way it came across on television, or maybe did you not think that at all? I- that's really just the way it came across on television because it was a huge big budget production. You have never seen so many people, so many cameras, so much um, equipment. It, it was really quite a production. Um, I'm not, I'm not quite sure um, the methodology of, of being in the field. Um, I can see how that might have come across and looked a little bit strange. If that was the first time that you saw it on television, but no, it, it was really quite a big budget production, and I I think you know they wanted it to be outdoors because you know it's cooking outdoors, and mm-hmm. they certainly could not have had any of that equipment inside. Right. The the pits or the grills. Amy Mills joining us here on the show. We're talking a little bit of best in smoke. Uh, Amy, I talked with Chris Lilly about his time on the show a couple weeks back. And he kind of intimated that when he committed to doing the show, he was told one thing, but when he showed up to actually take part, they kind of switched some things around a bit. And perhaps more than once during the taping, that there were some other changes made kind of on the fly. As a judge in the show, how did the finished product differ from the actual taping? Is Was Chris kind of on base? Did you see any of that? Or what was your take on that? Well, I'm not quite sure what the contestants were told in advance, but... You know, I know that people had to submit recipe after recipe. They had to talk about different scenarios and how comfortable they would be in various things. So it really was not a surprise to these people that they were doing, you know, a combination of grilling and barbecue and that it was not simply meat, uh, you know, just based on the number of recipes and types of recipes that they had to submit in advance of even being chosen. So I'm, I'm not, you know, I really can't speak to 
to what was said and, and how it ended up being in the end because I wasn't a contestant, so I'm not quite sure what they were told. So were you on site for uh, everything that was happening, or were you brought in at certain periods? We were there the whole time. The bus would pick us up at 4.30 in the morning, and oh. we would get home around midnight. All right, so what are, some of the, what are some of the best things that happened that never made it to air that you really enjoyed the most? Oh, my goodness. There were so many things. <laughs> well, let me, let me, let me rephrase question. it. I don't know if I, can, if I can pull those right out of the air. And <laughs> a lot of things, you know, I really saw as I was watching the show. One of the most fun things about this was, um, you know, for the first show airing, I had a party in New York, and about half the cast came. So we were all there watching that together. And, you know, alternately cringing and cheering, and um, you know, it was kind of like a summer camp reunion, right. and that was really fun. And so, none of us really got to see the full show because we were too busy talking and reminiscing through the whole thing. Um, and then for the third episode, I actually went to Minneapolis and watched at Famous Dave's house. He had a giant party that was so fabulous. So again, I I have not really watched the third and fourth episodes by myself so that I can really you know, critique them and relive it and think about what happened and what didn't happen. How would you, how would you characterize, um, the other two judges you had, I forget their names, but you had the guy that's uh, from James Beard house. And then, uh, is it Mr. Uh, love? I can't, I want to say Kevin love, but that's a basketball player. Um, Tim, Tim, love. Tim love, right. Um, Mitchell Davis, Mitchell. who uh, is a vice president at the James Beard House, has a Ph.D. in food science. He has this wonderful book called Kitchen Sense, and he is probably one of the smartest people I know about food. He did not really know, and he would tell you this very honestly, he did not have really any barbecue experience. And, in fact, at one point, you know, I, I think that maybe I was dismissed a little bit. I was the girl. Mm. And... I, you know, after a couple of comments and a few things that happened, um, he finally, Mitchell looked at me and said, wow, you know so much, and it's all in such a surprising package. Um, you know, one, one thing that I can, I can tell you three things I wish that they would have shown. Uh, the very first challenge was ribs, and some of the ribs came cut. One of the ribs, um, which was actually from Brad Orson at the shed, he gave us each three bones that were still connected. Mm-hmm. And those two picked up the three bones and took a bite with bones all still connected. But I tore the ribs to see how tender they were and how they pulled apart. And then I took the bite. And when I did that, I was sitting next to Mitchell and I could see him think, oh, maybe she does know. And I, and I explained why I was doing that in the judging process. And unfortunately, you know, none of that really made the screen. Um, there was a point uh, with Chris Hart's chicken, and, and, they were, and I'll let him speak to really what happened with that chicken, but there, um, you know, I was explaining to people, these are people who are looking for some grilled chicken that you would have in your backyard, and what he turned in was a very masterful um, rendition of some award-winning competition chicken, mm-hmm. and they did not like that very much, and so I kind of gave a little history, not history, but I just gave a little talk about you know, what this was and, you know, how tastes are varying in America and that competition chicken is not necessarily what you serve in your backyard. And unfortunately, that didn't make the screen. So there were lots of little things that I tried to talk about, and people really liked and appreciated that during the filming, but they, you know, were obviously not relevant or, you know, were 
somehow left on the editing mm. room floor. Of course. How convenient. Amy Mills joining us. Um, why do they have a guy like Mitchell Davis on because of the pedigree and you know the, the background so you can give, I guess – I mean, I hate to say more of an educated, uh, you know, judging critique, um, because obviously you, you've been around a, a billion more competitions and tasted a billion times more competition barbecue than he. I mean, this was a competition for barbecue. So uh, why? But you have to remember that this show is not meant to to appeal to or to be about competition barbecue. And I, I think that that is what, you know, that people are are missing here. This this was a show that was meant to appeal to a very wide audience. There was a combination of, of grilling, there was barbecue, um, there were all kinds of cooking challenges in this show. And I think that they really tried to have a, a wide variety of judges, um, you know, to appeal to many people across the country doesn't doesn't it not uh, when you take these great guys that have and gals well guys that made their name in the barbecue community in competition barbecue isn't it like you're taking baseball players and telling them to go play basketball or, or vice versa when you're basically nine tenths of the stuff that they were doing really had nothing to do with what they do on a weekend and weekend out basis um i I would agree with that, but yet they all signed up, didn't they? Yes, they sure really? did. <laughs> Probably they were and all racing to the line. How many people have called and emailed <laughs> me in the past six weeks to say, "If this happens again, I want in." <laughs> yeah, of course. So, <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Right. Most of these people are restaurateurs. Um, they're not. They're really not just the weekend warriors who were on this show. Um, Sarah Horowitz. I was really disappointed to see her be the first out because. She is an incredibly talented girl, and you did not really get to see at all what she is capable of. Is she really, Amy? Um, is she really? She really is. I really have a hard time Very believing fine that. Food. I, I want to believe it. But I've, and maybe it's because uh, she's already been through one uh, reality TV show, so you get that uh, moniker or stigma. Well, she's of, actually of, been through two reality TV shows. She's a French trained <laughs> chef. She has a, a catering company. She's had all kinds of different, um, you know, food experiences. She came in second on John Marcus's second season of of the barbecue show that he did. So she's got chops. She's got chops. All right. So I need she's to lay chops. off. <laughs> unfortunately, her pineapple, um, when you grill pineapple and then you skewer it with resinous rosemary, I think there was some sort of chemical reaction that happened with that pineapple that was just not good. Yeah. And there you yeah. go. That's your downfall right there. Very, it was just very important. But the salmon that she prepared, killer. Totally killer. We're talking with Amy Mills about Best in Smoke. Uh, so, I mean, if it came back on, just some changes that you would like to see made, in your opinion. Well, that would really not be up to me, and so I'm going to refrain from answering that. I, you know, I would, I would certainly, you know, I certainly wish that there would just that there would be more time for you to really see some of the things that went on because the challenges were fascinating. Um, watching people work through what they had to work with in each distinct um, opportunity, uh, and watching the creativity and the skill level that came out, uh, you know, was really very impressive. And I'm sorry that that didn't really come across due to time constraints. Uh, Amy, did you watch any of the Ultimate Barbecue Showdown that uh, was a couple weekends ago? 
the John Marcus effort? Yes, I did. All right. So compared to your show, how do you think that one went? Obviously, uh, yours was a, a four-week span. This was a, a one-hour show on CBS. But, uh, you know, comparing, contrasting, what did you like? What didn't you like? Well, I, I thought it was – I think it's apples and oranges, but I thought it was a fabulous show. All right. So here's the question that I need to ask you, and I, I, I'll really appreciate your insight on this for as long as I've had this show being live, I've been a very big proponent of getting competition barbecue on television because – and maybe I'm myopic in that sense. But I think it can be very compelling and kind of shown by the first season of Barbecue Pitmasters, which many people kind of slammed and gave it a little bit of a – you know, this really shouldn't be it. But after other efforts, wildly drove back to season one being the end-all be-all of how things should be. But – I've kind of been telling myself more and more, perhaps I'm convincing myself more and more that as much as I love it and as much as I see these competitors and they're accessible and I get to talk to them all the time and we see standings change every so often, is competition barbecue just kind of not that sport made for what will be compelling TV? I'm not really sure. I mean, bass fishing is on TV and has been for a long, long time, right? So I, I don't know. There's, I think there's an audience for everything, and um, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm the most intelligent person to ask to ask that question. I just got a TV for the first time about six months ago. I haven't had TV for ten years in my home, <laughs> so I have no idea what's going on out there in the world of TV. Well, it's all reality television, and uh, TV is rapidly coming to a decline, and even John Marcus admitted to it. Uh, but nevertheless, all right, so let's get out of the television uh, portion for now. Let's kind of turn to the business side of uh, barbecue. And again, we're talking with Amy Mills. Uh, some interest that she has on Q Consulting, which we're going to be talking about here in just a second. 17th Street Barbecue in Murfreesboro, Illinois, Memphis. Championship Barbecue in Las Vegas, Nevada. You can uh, follow her on Twitter, by the way, at 17th Street BBQ. She's always got some great updates and great pictures, which I appreciate the most, Amy. Uh, well, for, thank the, you. for the people who don't know uh, about on Q and what you're doing there, give us a little bit about the vision of the company and what services you are offering to prospective clients. Okay. On Q is my brainchild that I came up with about two and a half years ago. And we have so many people who make this trek to Murfreesboro. And it is not easy to get there. We are two hours south of St. Louis or three hours north of Nashville or Memphis. So we are really in the middle of nowhere (laughs) and pretty far from a major metropolitan airport. But people come from all over the world and they just want to spend time at 17th Street. And my dad will spend time with anybody and almost as much time as they want if he's available. But I could see um, that there was a need to really formalize that a little bit because I need him to do some other work. And so I came up with the idea of having these classes and uh, and letting people come in, kind of peek behind the iron curtain, see what it is that we do. And they're called, it's called the Business of Barbecue. It's a two-day event. We actually start off with a little cocktail party in our Marion, Illinois store, which is 22 miles from Murfreesboro. So people get to see a restaurant that we built from the ground up. And then we spend the next two days um, in Murfreesboro in our warehouse facility, which is really a pretty unique arrangement. We cook the four different meats, um, ribs, brisket, chicken, and pork butts. And we talk about cooking those things for production, so for a restaurant or a catering operation and interspersed with our time in the kitchen 
I have little mini seminars on branding, marketing, PR, catering, sales, and vending. So it's it's one thing to be able to um, to cook, and a lot of people are kind of coming in this through the competition route. They they do really well. People down the street want them to start catering, or they think they want to start a restaurant. But they really don't know how to translate that um, to food, you know, to producing and feeding the masses. And of course, then you can have the most fabulous barbecue in the world, but if you don't know how to brand it, market it, and sell it, you're not going to be in business very long. I also, so people come to those classes. We've had over 220 people come to those classes in the past two and a half years, uh, and that includes some of the classes that we have at Old Henry Pitts, which are a one-day program, um, usually the Saturday before business of barbecue, and many people will come to both of those events, and that's really more about using the old hickory pits and, um, again, cooking all those different meats, and it's an opportunity for people to be in that facility and kind of see what they have to offer and try out those pits before they buy. So it, it has been fabulous, and people want more and more. So I've come up with these master classes, and I have guest um, speakers and instructors at those classes, Tuffy Stone and his wife, Leslie, who are just incredibly knowledgeable about catering, and John Delfa, who was Chris Hart's partner on Best in Smoke. He has a restaurant called Delta Cal Bistro in Essex Junction, Vermont. He is one of the most talented chefs I have ever come across. Um, they come and help with those classes. So we'll have another one of those um, in January. But the So the business classes, you know, have been very successful. People will then, you know, can hire me for a day or two to, to talk you know, more deeply about certain subjects. Um, I've gone off to places and helped people choose locations. I've helped people with their logos and their website, their marketing plans, um, developing flavor profiles, you know, sauces and dry rubs and getting those manufactured. So really, anything pertaining to the business of barbecue, we can help you out. All right, so I'm going to backtrack here a little bit, and we're talking with Amy Mills uh, from OnQ. One of the things, and you alluded to this just a little bit ago, one of the things I hear all the time, Amy, is I get, and I get this question at least half a dozen times during the course of the week, uh, emailed to me, and I have no idea why they're asking me, but uh, a guy gets into cooking some barbecue in the backyard. He kind of refines his skill a little bit, lets his neighbors and family eat it, and they just heap all kinds of praise on him. Maybe he um, has a little feeling of extra competition, so he hits the circuit for a little bit, has some success there. Inevitably, his group of influence tries to get him to open a barbecue restaurant. Maybe one of the worst ideas ever, but what are some of the most important items that one needs to take into account if they're even entertaining the idea of opening up their own barbecue joint? Well, you really have to be funded. And a part of what we do at Business of Barbecue is go through very carefully some financial details and talk to people about the realities of being in this business. Because if you don't have the money, if you don't have the funds, um, you're not going to be in business very long. You're going to have highs and you're going to have lows. And people see these very successful barbecue restaurants um, you know, it is more popular. You're, you're seeing people on TV. You're reading about them all the time. But nobody understands the amount of work that goes into that. And, um, you know, 17th Street is a shining example. It took us 26 years to get where we are. And we have had um, as many hard times as we have had good times. But people don't always see. Um, they don't see the hard times. So you you really you really have to be a marketer. It's not enough to just be able to cook the food. 
you have to be able to serve it hot and appropriately and know how to hold it, and you have to know how to market that. I think a, a lot of us, it's safe to say, I'm, I'm speaking on behalf at least of the Centralites, a lot of us are barbecue snobs. We think that our stuff is the best, and when we hit a barbecue restaurant, it seems very few will really hit the mark with us. We're always panning them uh, along the way. Why do you think that is, and how can you provide good, consistent barbecue each and every time, but more importantly, to each and every customer? Well, you can't. I mean, people, we falter. Everybody falters all the time. Um, I, we we are snobs, and I I really have come full circle into thinking, you know what, it's all good. Every barbecue out there is somebody's favorite barbecue. Even bad barbecue is better than McDonald's most of the time. Right. And so much about barbecue is the whole experience. There are places, um, you know, who are wildly popular and get so much press, and it's not the best barbecue I ever ate, but I love the people. I love the experience of being in that restaurant, and, you know, and that's, I, I keep going back on my travels or, or wherever. So, um, you know, we can we can all... Pick up that most recent edition of Savour and look and see who's featured in there, and there will be 10 people who say, oh, I ate there, and it wasn't that good. Well, you might have had an off day. It may not be to your taste. Um, that's, that's the beauty of barbecue. There is something out there that everybody will think, this is the best I've ever had. Um, you know, my dad will like to say, and, and you know, this is in our book, if you can come in, barbecue is really about a memory. The first barbecue you cut your teeth on, that is your favorite barbecue. Mm-hmm. And if we can come in second or third to someone's memory or someone says, this takes me home or this reminds me of my dad or my grandfather or that great place I used to eat growing up, then I think we've done our job. Amy Mills joining us here, and we're talking about OnQ Consulting. That can be found online, by the way, if you're interested in reaching out to Amy and getting a little bit of insight on what it's all about. R, the letter, U, the letter, OnQ, O-N-C-U-E, R-U-N-Q.com is the website. Uh, Amy, you're also very big into social media and branding. Uh, Sometimes barbecue folks get lumped into that being good old boys and they're not up to speed on all the technology, which might be true. This is something that people really need to get proficient at in order to help them grow and spread the word. Let's face it, the Internet isn't going away anytime soon now, right? I I agree. I think actually there's a very vibrant um, online barbecue community, and maybe the only advice that I would have for that group is to really study the people who are having success um, not only within our industry, but it, within other industries, and look at what is making them successful online. Um, you know, people who just incessantly tweet about themselves or, you know, tweet their press release 30 times in a two-hour period. Um, you know, people who don't converse with other people or join in the conversation or have anything of interest to say, uh, you know, those people will be, will feel left out of the conversation. I think the real key to to this all is to interact with other people. That's do you, the social part. Do you guys give classes on the the whole social media aspect as well? That that's part of what we do at Business of Barbecue. Um, we cover that pretty briefly in an overview. But one of the master classes that I'm putting together for this fall is a giant marketing. Um, class that will certainly include social media and I have some pretty interesting guest speakers who will be part of that as well. And I hope that I will be able to start promoting that in July. I'm just, 
It's very difficult to find an open date right now. <laughs> well, when you have it booked down, uh, more than happy to have you back on the show to promote it. Uh, so for anything else you have that it, you know, interests that you're involved in, what else would you like to promote tonight? The floor is yours because I uh, certainly appreciate all the time you've given me tonight. Oh, well, you're so kind. I, I don't really have... Um I feel like I've talked about everything that I have or, you know, that I'm involved in to promote. I, you know, I would love for people to, to come to our events. Um, one, one thing that I especially I could promote, we haven't talked about is our barbecue cook-off. We have a cook-off every September Mm -hmm. called Praise the Lord. This is our 24th year. And maybe four years ago, we became a dual sanctioned contest. So it's an MBN slash KCBS sanctioned event. Um, it's, we have a just a fabulous little slice of Americana. We have all this space across from our facility. We shut down the street. We have a band and a stage and a big street party, and we have events that draw our whole town or really our whole region in. Um, you know, teams come from about 14 states. We have judges from New York to California who fly in for the weekend. It's just it's a really special event. And, Right now, I think we are actually have been full for judges for quite some time, and we are about maybe half full on our teams at this moment. So, you know, anybody who's not busy on the third week of September, it's the 22nd to 24th, we would certainly love to see some new faces um, and welcome some new friends to Murfreesboro. How did people like the fact that you've gone and, and done a dual competition? Do they like cooking both, or do you get a lot of people cooking one and a lot of people cooking the other? You know, people love it, and it's something that we are really proud of. I think that we've exposed both groups of people to something new. Um, you know, we have Randy Twyford, who was a staunch KCBSer, um, you know, won ribs in our contest. He worked, he cooked at Memphis in May this year, first time out, and got fifth place. That is huge. Um, Tuffy Stone actually was introduced to Indian cooking at our contest during the first Pitmasters filming. Their second episode was actually filmed in Murfreesboro. And I remember, you know, talking to John Marcus about our show and about our contest and how, you know, this would be really neat because this was really going to be the only MBN contest that they went to. And I felt really strongly that they should have to cook in both of the contests. I think, you know, my dad will will say, this is what's going to separate the men from the boys. If Mm -hmm. you can across the spectrum here and they did end up having to cook at least one category and most of them chose ribs i loved that leanne whippen um cooked too she actually did a hog and we got her a pit she did a hog and she did ribs and um you know then tuffy went to memphis in may and won first place shoulder first time there so mm-hmm. that was his second mbn contest so I, I think it's fabulous that it's exposing people to both arenas and likewise you know where we had always been just an mbn contest some of our old line teams have jumped in the fray and are experimenting on the kcbs side of things absolutely and that's uh, the third week of september praise the lard and that's in uh, murfreesboro illinois uh, as Amy said, right in the middle of nowhere. So uh, if you happen to be around there, uh, stop in. And do you get a lot of foot traffic around there, too, a lot of spectators and stuff? We do. We're also a stop on the Great American Barbecue Tour. They came for the first time last year and loved it. We are part of the Kingsford Cha- Points Chase, and we will be having also the Reezer's Potato Salad Contest um, as part of our event this year as well. So everything extra, um, you know, that KCBS has to offer right now, we're 
are, we are part of that and really excited about that. And, you know, that, that tour, we feel really honored that they have chosen to come back. We're probably one of the smaller stops. We maybe have, you know, eight to 10,000 people coming through and they can go somewhere like Reno with 750,000 or, or <laughs> walk party with 140,000 people. But I, I think that they feel too, that it's really quality over quantity. Um, you know, people are just, are so welcoming. It's just such a it's such a slice of Americana. It's just really a sweet time. Amy Mills was on Best in Smoke as a judge. She's also running on Q Consulting. By the way, stop in and eat at the 17th Street Barbecue Restaurant there in Murfreesboro, Illinois, or if you happen to be in Vegas at the Memphis Championship Barbecue Restaurant. Amy, I really appreciate all of the time and especially all of the conversation tonight. Thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you thinking of me. Um, I was, it was my pleasure. Thank you. All right. Take care. There she is. It's Amy Mills. Wow. Huge. 47 minutes and worth every penny. It's long been a secret, secret thought of mine that I should be charging you punks for uh, such great entertainment. Yeah. Break out the wallet. Break out the wallet. Um, all right, so you guys were having a contest in the chat, and uh, I believe Patrick was the one that made the contest. Guess what, Patrick? You you just won your own glaze, I think that was, because you <clears throat> said the toss the salad contest. <laughs> Nothing better than that phrase ever, toss the salad. That's right. Can never. Sorry. That was Amy Mills. Let me give you, again, some <clears throat> website information for her. Lots of stuff that we covered. Her background, we talked about the Best in Smoke TV show, which I don't care, is still one of the worst TV shows ever on the face of the earth. And as much as I want to give Sarah Horowitz props for being a good cook, I just don't care. I don't care. Get off my reality TV show. Reality TV, uh, I better back down a little bit. I'm sorry, I'm just not a fan. I don't care if you can cook or not. I bet I can cook better barbecue than you. I don't care. Come and see me in Cleveland. We'll go mano y mano. And guess what? Guess what? Uh-oh. I'm going to come out on top. I'm talking, I mean, coming out on top on, in the barbecue competition. Never mind. Oh, my God. That went somewhere Uh-oh. really weird. Uh, we also talked about the little bit of the Ultimate Barbecue Showdown because uh, it's a totally different show. And then we talked about her business on Q. R the letter, U the letter, R-U-On-Q.com is the website for her. I believe it's 17thstreetbbq.com and... You can also link over to Memphis Championship Barbecue if you want uh, from the 17th Street Barbecue as well. So many thanks to Amy Mills. And again, follow her on the Twitter at uh, 17th Street. That's 17th, 17th Street BBQ. Uh, she's got a lot of great tweets. She follows a lot of cool people and she retweets them. That can kind of build your following potentially if you have anything worthwhile to say, unlike uh, Hux Hut, who has nothing uh, at all to bring to Twitter. People are unfollowing him and uh, unfriending him left and right, but the, he's learning. Be patient with him. He's learning. Um, what was I going to say? I don't, I don't remember. So uh, be sure to follow her on Twitter and you'll be happy that you did. A lot of bringing a lot of cool information there. And that is Amy Mills from OnQ Consulting. All right, let's go ahead and do this. I told you there was going to be prizes tonight, and we have two prizes. So you just need to dial in at 877-448-0433. 877-448-0433. 
is a number to call. It's toll-free. It's my dime. I'm paying for it. So the least you could do is participate in the part where I give you free stuff. No, I'm not going to be asking you questions or anything crazy like that. Uh, you just need to tell me what you learned tonight on the show. It's called uh, What Did You Know? What Did You Know? What Did You Learn? Know the show. I'm not going, but I'm not going to ask you any questions. You can also email the show, Greg at the BBQ Central Show dot com. Email in from Craig Goldwyn. Uh, we call him Meathead. who will be on next week. Fight, fist fighting me over the email about. Let me re, let me rephrase. Let me recount this for you guys. Craig writing. So I'm listening to the podcast of the 524 broadcast where I podcast broadcast. And I hear you want to try this method and do chicken in true barbecue fashion, in quotations. Yes, those were your exact words. So let me get this straight. If I buy thighs only, remove the most of the skin, scrape off the fat, put it back on, poach it in butter or margarine, yuck, grill it on briquettes at 275 on one side, grill it on the other side, paint it lightly with sauce, and call this true barbecue fashion if that's true barbecue fashion why is it not true barbecue fashion to take a hot dog put it on the grill and serve it just what the fusk is your definition of barbecue or kcbs's definition of barbecue (laughs) i have no definition my definition is if it's hot if it's over 300 degrees or 350 degrees it's grilling that's my definition meathead What's my definition of barbecue? It's between 200 and 200 or 350 degrees because a lot of people at competitions cook. True barbecue is between 200 to 250 degrees. So if we're going to go ahead and pick nit fella. And then I just replied back to him that I was referring to the chicken recipe that uh, Malcolm Reed had given me being in the competition sense. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And he said, well, I wanted to try it in true competition-style chicken, but you said true barbecue fashion, and the barbecue dictionary police are listening. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry I misspoke. No, I did not try uh, Malcolm's chicken. So, Meathead, we can talk about it uh, if you want to. We can talk about it if you want to next week. You can take me to task. You can call me on the carpet. I'm more than adept and willing to share my opinion, as it were. Uh, 877-448-0433. 877-448-0433. What do you want to win? Well, let me tell you. You could win a Yoder Smoky Mountain Barbecue apron that has their logo on the front, but then there's all assorted sauces and rubs as well. From uh, what was a longtime sponsor of the show, Yoder Smoky Mountain Barbecue, Series BBQS, Series BBQs.com is their email address. By the way, <clears throat> I don't know why I'm just thinking about this, but I want to give a special mention to one of the DEA elite, Brian Dom, listening to the show live tonight. Brian, appreciate you keeping our country safe, brother. And I always appreciate you turning into the show. Brian, one of the biggest promoters of the show ever. He flies a Barbecue Central radio show banner at Hoos Barbecue's web, uh, website, at Hoos Barbecue's competition site. And he continues to spread the gospel of what has to be one of our very last shows on internet radio. Because soon enough, we have to be going to broadcast terrestrial syndication across the country. It's got to happen soon. It's got to happen soon. Really? <laughs> really? 877-448-0433. Again, we have the Yoder Smoky Mountain Barbecue. Uh, what is it? It's the, uh, what do you call this thing? Apron? 
And then there's also going to be assorted sauces and rubs. And then we also have Andy from Rooftop Barbecue is going to be giving away his competition style sauce as well. Uh, FYI, Jeff Stith weighing in. Uh, they have a problem with the donation link on our Operation Barbecue Relief's website. It's not working right now. Uh, but it, well, it was not working, but now it's been fixed. So Operation BBQ. Oh, hold on a second. I just want to make sure I'm safe. Operation Barbecue BBQ Relief dot org. Operation BBQ Relief dot org. If you want to donate, that link is up and working now. So please uh, make time. If you're not going to go ahead and donate your own uh, time and resources, if you could donate a couple bucks, every little bit helps. Believe it or not. So Operation BBQ Relief dot org. Where can you get a Radio Central banner? Well, just uh, I'll send you uh, some artwork, and then I can direct you into the place to get it. I, I forget what it was called, Build a Sign or something like that. It's like so cheap you wouldn't believe it. So cheap you wouldn't believe it. Patrick, email me, greg at the com, and I will be more than happy to get you in the right direction. That way you can fly it up. All right. Nobody's going to be calling in, so here we go. Uh, First one on the chat that tells me something they learned on the show tonight. It gets the Yoder Smoky Mountain Barbecue, uh, the apron. You also get rubs and sauces as well. Got to hurry. I'm going to end on time tonight, Kevin. I swear to God I'm going to end on time. Right at the top. Here we go. Amy Mills lives in Boston. Patrick wins Yoder Smoky Mountain. Following up in second place, Shane Draper with Sarah Sucks. All right. Patrick and Shane. Uh, Patrick, you email me, greg at the bbqcentralshow.com. Greg at the bbqcentralshow.com. Uh, Shane, you also do it as well. Patrick, you get the Yoder's Smoky Mountain Barbecue Prize Pack, which includes aprons and sauces and rubs. And Shane will get Rooftop Barbecue rooftop barbecues competition style sauce so you'll be able to compare that to what you have going on right now right that's uh, something you probably like to do shane you like to do that's what uh, we in the uh, sales business shane call the market research we like to buy up some other people's stuff and give a little tasty taste a little sniffy sniff see what it's all about remember that if you smell liquid smoke immediately throw it outside against some type of brick wall or cement walkway and run away from it at all costs. Get away from it as quickly as freaking possible because liquid smoke is devil's juice. It's devil's juice. You guys email me, greg at the bbqcentralshow.com. We'll get you hooked up. Patrick getting the Yoders. Shane getting the rooftop. Rooftop! Rooftop was the name of a BMX guy. Never mind. Nobody's a BMX guy like I used to be. Does anybody remember the Harry Larry Turbo edition of Mongoose BMX bikes? Oh, yeah, baby. I remember. Had one. Had one. All the way back in the first hour in the first segment when I came on late because I worked, Heath Hall called me. And we talked about Q. QUE, the first fragrance for barbecuers. That's me and you, by the way, mister. Great Father's Day gift. Order yourself up some. You can be like me. I ordered the very first bottle. Actually, you can't be like me because I ordered the very first bottle. (laughs) I remember Rad Huck. Porkbarrelbbq.com. And then you can link over to Q and buy it. It's 25 bucks or whatever it is. You'll love it. 
smell like sweet, sweet smoke and urine. Wait, not urine. Sweet, 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 sweet smoke and sweat, I mean. <laughs> Same thing. Whatever. Also, thanks to Jeff Stiff, OperationBBQRelief.org. Donate. Jeff Stiff, man. Stan Hayes, man. And everybody that took place at Joplin, thank you very much for doing that. Respect. And thanks to my second guest, or thanks to my second hour guest, Amy Mills, RUonQ.com. All these links will be in the post show notes. We have a huge show next week already. Already. Meathead is going to come in. We're going to fist fight on the air. God damn it. That's right. Me and you. Me and you. We're going to fist fight. I'm going to win. I'll hang up on you. So until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Say it with me. Good night now. Good night now.